0: This message is about being positive because we can be confident in who we are in Christ. Uh, Confidence is a huge, I believe, issue because if, if all of us are honest, most of us struggle with confidence in some area of our life. We don't always see ourselves as Jesus sees us. There are a multitude of factors that kind of erode our confidence in Christ in life. And not all of them are godly. Uh, our ability to do certain things, uh, some youth won't play sports because they're afraid they'll be laughed at. Uh, some of us lack the confidence about our future. Uh, things aren't going that great now, so if we project that out, we're like, whoa, you know, I'm not that confident that things are gonna get better. Other people lack confidence around other people. Uh, they're afraid they're going to say something wrong or mess something up and people aren't going to like them. If you have kids, you sometimes waver in your confidence about being a good parent. Uh, my wife and I just pray we don't mess our kids up too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been like our whole goal for parenting. You know, We're going to teach them about Jesus and pray we don't screw them up. That's, that's, how, we, that's how we think as parents. Uh, as a parent, you know that you don't always handle things like you thought you would before you had kids. Uh, You you realize once you have kids that it's really easy to be an expert in parenting before you have them. Uh, And everybody shares that, especially when people that don't have kids share with you how they would raise your kids. It's like, wait till you have kids, then talk to me. Um, I would say the majority of people lack confidence in the way they look. Uh, I don't know anyone who thinks they look good everywhere, if you know what I mean. Uh, I've heard comments like, my butt's too big, my nose is crooked, I need to lose some weight, I'm too skinny, everybody hates you if you say that, by the way, Um, I'm too short, I'm too tall, I wish I had hair, Uh, even our self-talk, oh, you're laughing, aren't you, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Okay, so that one was personal. Um, but even, even our self-talk can be sometimes undermining to our confidence. If you're always tearing yourself down in your head, that's a confidence issue. It's a security issue. If you're ma- more apt to say, listen, don't screw this up, idiot, rather than you're prepared, God is with you, you've got this. That's not the healthiest most confident thing, perspective, to call yourself an idiot and waver in your confidence. What amazed me and has always amazed me is that the people that I thought should or would have the most confidence don't. And I I actually remember the first time this struck me, and I was in high school, and one of the most beautiful girls in my class, I overheard her share this laundry list of things about herself that she didn't like to another one of the prettiest girls in our class who then, in turn, shared a laundry list of things that she didn't like about herself. And I can remember thinking in high school, the the kid with the hearing aid, yellow teeth that always thought people were staring at those things, I can remember thinking... They don't get it. They don't get that nobody else sees their list of things but them. And I thought to myself, (laughs) I don't have to worry about wearing a hearing aid because they're they're never going to notice that they're worried about their own list of things. Let me just assure you girls and let you in on a little secret. If you're worried about how you look. Nobody sees your list but you. Nobody sees your list but you. That experience freed me to see myself more as God saw me rather than how I always saw myself. And when you see yourself as God sees you, your list of things about yourself that you don't like, tends to go away. Instead of worrying about those things, you can encourage other people. Most people are so focused on their negative list of things, it's all they see. What a joy it is to see yourself as Jesus sees you and be able to invest and affirm other people as God sees them too. That's showing people Jesus. Jesus doesn't see your list. Colossians 3.11 says this. In this new life that that we have as Christians, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, tall, short, fat, skinny, bald, cross-eyed, buck-toothed, black, white, or purple. I added that list. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Jesus doesn't see your list. He sees forgiven. He sees redeemed. He sees my son, my daughter. The tragedy in life comes when we allow our own insecurities and lack of confidence from keeping us live the life God has called us to live. Because you can actually let your list keep you from living the life God called you to. It happens every day. People stay in a job because they're afraid they might not be good enough for another one. Something on their list says you're not smart enough. You'd probably fail. They wouldn't hire you anyway. People avoid going back to school because they think, I'm probably too old. You might not be hosting a connect group because you think I'm not spiritual enough, nobody will show up, nobody knows me, nobody likes me. A few of you guys might even be not asking some beautiful lady out because you're afraid of rejection. Your list says you're not good looking enough, you've got too many issues, blah, 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 blah. Listen, guys, I am proof that you can marry outside of your league. Ask her out, okay? And, and when you get married someday and have kids and have a son, you can name him Steve. Um, <clears throat> just don't do what Ray Kaiser did and name your cat Steve. True story, true story. I'm going to get that cat. <clears throat> I want to go back to something I said a little earlier. And I said that... it. Realizing that everyone had insecurities, even even those pretty girls in class, allowed me to see myself as God saw me. It it wasn't that I felt better about myself because I realized everybody else was screwed up too. I I was able to take my eyes off my list and see God's list that is contained in the Bible. It, It was like I developed. A God confidence instead of a self-confidence. I think everyone needs to develop a God confidence. We need to see ourselves as Jesus sees us. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, and 12. And this morning for this one verse, I'm going to use Eugene Peterson's The Message because I love the way he phrases this. It's It's a paraphrase. He writes, These are all warning markers, danger, in our history books, written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, we at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. You are not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God confidence. We should put our confidence, it should rest in how God sees us. Because we are not above messing up as people in the past have messed up. And all God's people said, amen. Relying solely on ourselves is a sure way to stumble and fall. Proverbs says it over and over. And I want to give you three quick biblical reasons why self-confidence alone falls short. Number one, if you're taking notes, my heart is deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this: the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Number two, my flesh. Is weak. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And number three, my behavior is inconsistent. Romans 7:15 says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Why why do we do that? Why does everyone do that? Some days we are so on fire, so passionate about the Lord. And other days we're like, oh, shiny sinful thing. And we do that. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with cultivating a healthy self-confidence. God has given all of us gifts and abilities and to not acknowledge those things is dishonoring God. It really, really is. You should feel good about using the gifts God gave you. But if your confidence stops with you, you will stumble and fall. If you develop a healthy God confidence, you will see yourself in an entirely different light. And it will sustain you during those times when you stumble and fall. I want to share Three truths that I think will develop a God confidence in all of us. Number one, God is for you. Now, some of you you just don't agree with it. You don't feel it um, because you think you've made too many mistakes for God to actually be for you. And your list, somewhere on your list, it says, I'm unworthy of God's love for him to be for me that is not true. God is for you. Let let me say it again, because I I think some of you think you've, you've messed up too bad. It doesn't matter. God loved us while we were sinners, and he is for us. God doesn't love you more when you make it through a day without messing up. And he doesn't love you less when you mess up during the day. He is for you. God's not more likely to answer your prayers if you make it through the day without messing up than if you don't. He is for you. He doesn't delight in your faults. He's not waiting to catch you in one. He is for you. He is our loving, heavenly Father. And if your father wasn't a loving dad, I know this is hard for you to grab a hold of. But let me phrase it this way. Your heavenly father is the dad you always wanted to have. He wants to be that father to you. He is for as a dad, I never want bad things to happen to my kids. Uh, I don't want to do bad things to my kids. I never wake up thinking, you know what, I hope I catch Jared in some mistake today because I just would love to whip him today. I, I, I don't sit down at the dinner table and think, oh, I hope one of the girls complains about mom's cooking because I, I would love to send them to bed hungry today. I am always for My kids. And God is always for you. Even when our kids do something wrong, the the goal is to restore their relationships, Not, not only with us, but with one another. It's never to push them away. Lisa and I have never said, That's it, you've gone too far, pack your bags, get out. But some people feel that that's exactly what God says when they screw up too bad get out. And you're not worthy to be in this family anymore. Take a hike. No. God is for you. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? When Jared uh, turned 12, he took the hunter safety class. And I tell you what, I was thrilled. I have hunted uh, since I was 12. I've been... Trailing on my dad's bootstraps uh, since I I can remember, longing for the day that I could hunt, and I really wanted that for my son. And he went on a a pheasant hunt with Brad Yoder. Thank you very much, Brad. Uh, He did awesome. He hunted uh, opening day of deer season and did great. Didn't complain about being cold once. The next Saturday we got back here because that was in Erie, and I said, "Hey, you want to go out Saturday?" And he said no, I don't think I want to hunt. And I don't know if he remembers this, but I remember thinking that he felt like he was disappointing me. So I sat him down and I said, listen, my love for you is not contingent upon your hunting. (laughs) I love you because you are my son and I am proud of you. And whether you ever hunt or not, that won't, change our god is for us we don't have to comply with some he is for us when we know in our heart that god is for us and it's not tied to anything we do or don't do it frees us to live in god's approval not for god's approval that's good preaching so i'm going to say it again as believers we live in god's approval not for his approval. We can be positive because God is for us. Second truth, to help us develop this God confidence. God will always help me. God is not just an observer in your life. He's not just watching from afar. Um, If somebody is arguing with me in your head right now, thinking, you know, I'm not seeing it. (laughs) Like, I've been praying for help for a long time. I am not seeing it. Hebrews 13, five and six says this. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Now, some of you thought, well, what does money have to do with that? Um, Some people think. Money helps more than God. Not so. Financial security exists primarily in your mind, Larry Burkett said. God will never leave you or forsake you. He will always be your helper. Hebrew says that we can have confidence in that truth. Therefore, we do not have to be afraid. We can be positive. Let me say this uh, because I think somebody needs to hear it. The Lord is your helper. Do not be afraid. And so, in fact, let's repeat that together uh, because somebody just needs to say it. Okay, repeat after me. The Lord, the Lord is my helper. You're getting it. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. That'll, be the way that'll work. Having a powerful helper removes fear from our lives. Even in the midst of a trial, God will back you up. I've got a video this morning and it preaches on so many different levels. I'd like you to watch it. It's not loading, aw. Well then I'll tell you about it. So in this video, there is this big, mean cat, <laughs> and it is chasing a baby grizzly bear cub, and it's chasing this grizzly bear cub, and it, the cub's trying to get away, and it falls in the water, and the mountain lion's continuing to stalk it, and it finally meets up with the grizzly bear cub on the edge of a bank, and the mountain lion slashes it across the face. The The cub starts whining, wailing, and all of a sudden, the cub yells out, and the mountain lion, you can see this kitty's face, it goes, whoa, and the camera pans back, and behind the cub, you can see the mother grizzly, and behind this little cub is this mother going, and that was what caused the mountain lion to go, I think I'm not that hungry today, Um, It preaches on the evil cat thing, but it also also preaches on the fact that God has got your back. And whatever comes at you in life, God will be there, and he will help you. He doesn't just stand by and watch and go, well, I hope that works out for you. He is your helper. If you're in the middle of a difficult situation this morning, God Will be your helper. If your marriage is struggling, God is your helper. If you need to climb out of some financial pit, God is your helper. Sometimes, oftentimes, in the moment, you can't see it. But later, you'll know the presence of God was behind you all the time. We've all had that hindsight is 2020 experience. So trust in the moment that he's there, he's working, he's helping. He'll never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Psalm 46, one says God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. We can be positive because God is there to help us. And the third truth to help us develop this God confidence so we can be positive is God is not done with me yet uh, check out Philippians 1:6 and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns he's not done with us yet during the Civil War uh, Abraham Lincoln issued his Emancipation Proclamation and an unknown black preacher said this Lord We ain't what we want to be. We ain't what we ought to be. We ain't what we're going to be. But thank God, we ain't what we was. Now, that's really poor grammar. But it's a solid understanding of the work of God. God is not done with you yet. And you ain't what you're going to be. God isn't done with you yet. Someone... (laughs) Someone needs to hear this because you're wrestling with doubts. God's not done yet. You might still be wrestling with your own sin or your own failure. God's not done with you yet. If you're here this morning and you're not sure, if you can come back to Jesus, I'm here to say from Jesus himself, welcome home. This was God's plan. Jesus knows the work he's doing in your heart. He knows exactly where you've been, and he is always there to help you and to welcome you home because he's not done with you yet. He's not saying you should have known better. He's not saying, I'll forgive you when. He's not saying, well, you should feel bad. He is here for you. He will help you, and he's not done with you yet. We can be positive until Jesus comes back and finishes the work once and for all. And just a side note, um, do not put me on a pedestal. Just because God has called me to preach and I stand up here and proclaim the word of God to you does not make mean I, I don't make mistakes. If you want verification with that, you can always ask my wife. Uh, I, I wrestle all the time. Uh, I wrestle thinking that I'm not the leader God wants me to be. At the same time, I wrestle with wondering, should I be given more time at home? And it, it, No one is immune to that confidence attack. But God is faithful. And I am confident. Not in myself, or we'd all be in trouble. I am confident that he is for me. He is for you. He will help us, and he is not done with us yet. And because of that, we will show people Jesus, and the kingdom of God will be different because we trust in him. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that even in the midst of struggles, even in the midst of doubts, we can be confident of who we are in you. And God, we give you thanks that you are always for us, and you are always our helper and you are not done with us yet. And God, we're going to continue on this path and, that, and just pray that you would continue to use us and we're going to develop a God confidence, not a self-confidence because we know and we trust your word that you see us as your children and you see us as forgiven and we're going to worship you and make your name known because God, you are great. And all God's people said, amen.